Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Sis Internet Radio. Sisters in Spirit, affectionately called Sis, is a nurturing environment for women that inspires harmony in everyday living, shares resources that empower, offers information and support that nourishes the soul, balances our mental and physical well-being, and promotes inner peace and heightened spirituality. Our vision is a world where women live consciously, harmoniously, and spiritually to positively impact our lives and the lives of those with whom we come into contact. Join us as we live life with style, grace, and of course, much joy. Hi, this is Raisa Nazir, and I'm here with my guest, Maxine Fuller. And tonight we're talking about simple ideas every business person can use. And this is from our Money and Matter segment. And so over the past couple of months, we've been talking about getting your business started and up and running, and you've taken the first steps towards starting your business, it's going, or maybe you're still in the planning stages. Well, we know that you've absorbed the information that we've shared with you in previous discussions, and now we're ready to move to the next step. So first, we ask you to comment in our blog, and we're going to share that with you. And first, I'd like to introduce you to our guest, Maxine Fuller. Hi, Maxine. Welcome to the show. Hi. Let me give you a little background on Maxine. Maxine is a friend of mine, and I had no idea that she was so accomplished. She is so humble, and the information that she's going to share with us tonight is going to be awesome. Maxine is the president and founder of McKinley Group, Inc., a professional services firm based in Sandy Springs in Georgia. They specialize in organizational change and development, instructional design and training, and community development. She is an experienced professional with an extensive background in organizational development, project management, instructional design, and training and facilitation. I told you that she had a lot to share with us. In the past 20 years, she has developed and delivered training programs for leaders of government agencies, corporations, trade associations, nonprofit organizations, internationally, and her current clients include the United States Department of Health and Human Services, Johnson Basin Insurance International, DB Consulting Group, AFYA Inc., and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. She holds a MS from the American University in Washington, a BS in special education from Virginia State University, and we are especially proud tonight to have Maxine on our show. Maxine? Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. With all of that wealth of information, we'd like to just kick off the show with some comments from you on what the number one pitfall you see that business owners fall into. Um, I think the number one thing, especially for new business owners, is how much time they have to put in to market their business. Mm. Um, I work with a lot of consultants, you know, consultants who are really, really good at what they do, the program stuff, the training stuff, and they'll often say to me, you know, I like the work, but I don't like the marketing. So if you're not going to, you know, market, then you need to hire someone to do that for you because until you really get a reputation for yourself, you're not going to get a lot of, you know, word-of-mouth business, repeat business. Um, So I think that's like the number one thing. And the number two thing is being comfortable around the subject of money, Mm. Um, you know, knowing what your services are worth, um, asking for those, um, you know, asking for what your services are worth, and being okay saying no if people aren't going to pay you what you think your services are worth. Um, but would you say that most people have those obstacles around money? I don't know. I mean, I don't run into a lot of men who do, and I know this sounds a little bit chauvinist on my part, but 
I've run into more women who have issues around asking to be paid what they're worth, and then once they're doing the once they've done the work, to then go back and collect their money. You know, collection is all a part of this business thing too. So, um, I mean, you can't feel bad about calling up a company and say, you know, the thirty days are over. When am I going to get paid? Right. So you have to be comfortable with all that, you know, and know what you're worth. And if you're not comfortable, then you need to hire people who are comfortable doing those things. Okay. You're listening to the Sisters in Spirit show. This is our business series on letting your business soar. Our guest tonight is Maxine Fuller. And the topic is simple things that you can do to help your business. We've got several callers on the line. Callers, if you would like to ask a question or make a comment, please press 1 on your phone, and that way we will know that you are ready to be on the air. And once I see your hand go up, which is what happens when you press the number 1 on my switchboard, I will call the last four digits of your phone number. So when you hear that, you'll know that you're on the air. Maxine, we got a call, a comment from one of our bloggers who said that they're building up a following through word of mouth references. Grassroots mm-hmm. marketing can get you a long way before you start paying the big bucks for marketing dollars. What do you think of that? I think word of mouth is good. Um, you know, and quite frankly, we get a lot of our business that way. The thing about word of mouth, though, is that you need some type of reputation for people to talk about. Um, So you really have to make sure you're delivering a good product and a really good service because bad news about your work gets around much faster than good news does. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. And number two, you know, when you're just starting out, you don't really have that uh, kind of reputation where you're going to, you know, get that word-of-mouth service. But you can always use, you know, friends and family uh, to promote your services too. But at some point, you know, you're going to have to use social marketing marketing, or pay for some type of marketing for your company, you know, whether it's brochures or uh, getting a website up or, You know, whatever that is that works in your industry, um, marketing is going to be a big part of it. Okay. Another question that we have for you from a blogger is, what can business owners do to stay focused on building their business? (laughs) I think the best thing to do is really to just set aside time to do your business. You know, when I started my business more than 20 years ago, uh, I think I was lucky in a way because I didn't have a job. So yeah. all I had to do was focus on establishing and growing my business. Um, when you have a job, it gets a little bit difficult sometimes, you know, because you have to do your 9 to 5 at your regular job and then at night and on weekends, you know, try to do this other thing. But you really just have to make time for it and put in the time. Um, one of the dumb things I thought when I first started my business is that I could work a nine-to-five day. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty tough to do. It was a big joke, you know. I ended up working more like 60 or 70 hours a week instead of 40. You know, it wasn't that I could, you know, like when I worked for other companies, I could get in at nine, I could leave at five. You know, it it really is not that kind of, um, you know, game that's going to get you ahead. You have to be willing to put in the hours that you need and make it work and focus on your business when you're putting in those hours. Um, The other thing is designating a place to work. If you're working out of your home, you know, designate a room where that is just for your work if you can. You know, don't try to work out of your bedroom or your kitchen, especially if you live with someone else or have a spouse and they're going to be, you know, coming in and out. So you need a designated place. And you need people to respect your workspace. Yes, and your workspace, yes. 
We do have a caller with a question. Okay. Caller 1900. Hi, sisters. This is Margaret. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? This is Margaret. Hi, Margaret. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm just fine. Hi, Maxine. I have two questions. The first question that I have is, is there an inex- inexpensive way to visit to uh, market your business uh, and reach the maximum amount of people that can use your service? Because there's so many free services that or services that you can market your business, but um, they may not reach the people that's going to actually buy your product. Right. So I think it's key when you're looking at you know, some of these free services, you know, especially social media and that type of thing, to do your homework and to do your research and um, make sure that um, the service is going to get to the, the target audience that you want. And even sometimes, say, within a target audience, you have to scale it down even more and say, you know, I want this group out of this target audience and this group. And my advice would be to start small um, in terms of your target audience and then build from there because it, it does get expensive, you know, to market. And even with the free marketing sources, it's going to take your time. And um, the thing that I learned early on as a business person is that my time truly is money. And I look at it that way when I'm working. So anything that you're going to put your time into where your business is concerned, uh, you know, that's money. It's costing you something. Okay. Is there a place that um, small that's when you're first starting out in business that you can go to to get grant-free money per se that you don't have to pay, buy, pay back um, until you actually start making money? <laughs> You know, I'm not into finance. I have to really say that. You know, I'm not, you know, a person to say you can go here to get started money and there to go start up money, but I can tell you what we did. Um, the the very first uh, startup money that we got was from a local bank. Um, when I was a kid, my grandfather always told me, at least my great-grandfather, he always says, he always said, make sure you know your banker. And that worked out for me because we were in Alexandria at the time. I knew the the manager of, of my local bank, you know, where we took our checks every week or whatever. And so that was the first place that we went to to get a small loan. When we needed a bigger loan, um, we went to the Small Business Administration, and we got our larger loan from them. And, yep, it was money we had to pay back. Um, And even the loan that we got from the bank, we had to pay back. Now, there are very, from my understanding, there are very few places you can go to get money that you don't have to pay back. And the way you, one of the ways you do that is to, you know, sell stock in your business or give people some kind of um, profit or share of your business so that when you start making money, then you pay them. There really are no free rides. I mean, I, I don't know any other way to say it. There, there, there are no free rides. One way or the other, whatever you get, you're going to pay for it at some point. Yeah, at some point. Okay, I also heard you um, mention that um, women sometimes find it uh, it's hard to ask for what, what you're worth when you when you're doing business with other people, I personally have found it difficult to actually price an item or to sell myself for what I feel like I'm worth because I'm afraid people won't buy it and I want them to buy it because I want my product out there. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, all the fear. Yeah, that's the only way to do it. I mean, I. I mean, most people I do business with know I have no problem asking for money. I know what my products and services are worth, and I stand behind it. Now, there's always the chance they'll say no, and they'll go get a cheaper consultant or whatever, and I know that going in. But if you keep 
lowballing yourself. All you're ever going to get are those lowballs. Um, and that goes right. back to your point where you said know your worth. Yes, know your worth. So you can go online and look up products and services that other people are selling and talk to people and you know and find out what they're pricing their services at. But at the end of the day, it's really going to be what you think your service and product is worth. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank okay, you. thanks for calling. Okay, bye-bye. Maxine, we have a question from someone in the chat room, a slightly different aspect. They want to know, they want to market to unions so that they can target its members. Do you have any suggestions for doing that? What's the best way you think that she might position herself? And that question comes from Sophie. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good question, but I've never really marketed strictly to unions before. And I know that there are huge unions all over the country. I mean, so you can go online and get contact information. But what I would suggest to the person who asked the question is that if they know people who are in unions, you know, if they have family members or friends or colleagues that are part of the union, ask those people who you would need to talk to within that union to sell your service to get in. Because I know with some of the bigger unions or even with bigger companies, it is really difficult to get in unless you know someone on the inside and they can get you in because these companies are getting bombarded with proposals all day, every day. And so there needs to be something that makes you stand out. Um, Right, their differential advantage. So what would you say is your differential advantage? We did talk about that earlier on a show where we were talking about the basics towards getting your business started. Mm-hmm. I've always used the fact that we're a small business as an advantage. I mean, and when you think about it in terms of what we do, we we design training programs from scratch, okay? So... We're not selling people training off of a shelf, so we go in and we design it especially for them. Because we are a small company, they have more access to us. And it's more personalized. And it's more personalized. So that's what we're selling. I mean, because we can't really, you know, and I I hate to use the word compete because I really don't believe in competition, but we don't have the marketing dollars that, a large corporation would have, right? you know, to get the word out. So we sell our smallness. We sell it as, as something that, ma- that will make a difference um, for their organizations and for their employees. So let's talk about that word compete. Mm-hmm. As, as I think as spiritual people, we understand that we don't need to compete and that it's an abundant world and the universe is open to you. What can I get some comments from you on that? Well, you know, years ago I just gave up the whole concept of competing. I mean, it's like um for me it just wasn't something that fit because if if I have a service that's a good service, I'm going to do my best to get it out there. I would rather focus on developing my service uh, you know, marketing it and getting it out there, then spending time worrying about what other companies are doing. Um, I think it's fine when you're just starting, you know, to do the market research and that type of thing uh, and find out what people are buying in your industry and, and, and where the market is and all of that kind of stuff. But the truth is, at least in my business, at the end of the day, people – return often to buy our services because they like me and my staff, because we did a good job. Mm-hmm. It really is about relationship building. It, it's not so much about competition. Um, I had a mentor tell me years ago, and he had a huge consulting firm in Maryland, and he said to me, he said, people will buy anything from people they like. Mm, that's a good point. And I've mm-hmm. found that to be true, so you have to build relationships with people even before you want to sell them something. It's all about relationships. 
And, you know, there are a lot of coaches who won't buy anything from you unless you have developed that relationship. Yes. We yes. have another caller on the line with a question. Caller 5386, you're on the air. Oh, hi. This is uh, Zita. Hello? Yes. Zita? Sounds like she got cut off. I'm sorry, am I there? You're here. Can you hear me? We can hear you now. Would you please repeat that? Oh, okay. I was just saying uh, good evening. This is Zita calling from uh, Macon, Georgia, and um, I had a question, but I wanted to comment on the – on what you were saying about competing, I had just finished a book uh, by Sam Walton, and one of the things that he said that he did in growing Walmart up is he would go around to all of his competition, and he would walk through the businesses like by himself, and he might stay in for an hour, hour and a half, and what he would be looking at is the good things about the store, the things that Walmart did not have. He would never look at it like, a, like he was competing. He would look at it like what can he do to make Walmart better? Mm-hmm. And that's how he built Walmart, uh, Walmart up. One example was he had went into, I think, Price, Price Mark, and the person he was with was saying how, you know, dirty the store was, how it had beams hanging from the ceiling. And Sam Walmart said, but did you see the pantyhose rack? Did you see how nice the pantyhose rack was? You yeah. need to get the name of that company so we can buy that pantyhose rack. And he said that's how he built Walmart up, by not trying to compete, but just trying to make Walmart the best that it could be. So I wanted to share that comment. And what question I had is, about, I'm thinking strongly about in the next year, you know, very near future, opening up a restaurant in um, the Atlanta area. And I'm, I'm strongly thinking about Sandy Springs area, Buckhead area, because of the type of restaurant. I want like, a, you know, three, three to four star type of restaurant. And I wanted to ask you, uh, Maxine, about like a, you know, I know you couldn't just give me a, you know, exact dollar amount, but a about what it, you know, what should I be looking at as a startup? I'm looking at 30 uh, to 50 seats, something on the level of um, a Applebee's or a, or Olive Garden style. I want, you know, I want to offer, you know, good good service. I want, you know, three star service. Uh, so, what, what would you uh, say a ballpark figure is? I just want to be able to start focusing on certain numbers instead of saying, okay, okay I'm going to open this up. If I can say, start thinking 200,000, uh, 300,000, or 80,000, right. can you? Well, uh, years ago I worked for the National Restaurant Association, which is the trade association that represents a lot of restaurants and hotels in you know, this country nationally. Mm-hmm. My first suggestion would be that you contact them. Okay. You and what is it that again, please? It's called the National Restaurant Association. Okay, okay. And they have a whole research department, and they can tell you what it costs to open a restaurant. I can't tell you that because I'm not in the restaurant business. Okay, okay. And I, you know, as a consultant, one of the things that I don't do is try to pretend I know something that I don't know. Okay, okay. But I can give you um, the contact. And so just go online, get their number, call them. They're in Washington, D.C. There's also a a Georgia Restaurant Association. I had contacted. You contacted them already? Yeah, actually, I had got online and got information on both of them. So so that means I am in the going in the right direction with that. Yeah, yeah, so call one of them and ask them. Of course, the Georgia people will know the market here probably better than right. the D.C. people, but right. I think the restaurant business is one of those places where you really want to have all your ducks in a row before you um, before you step out there, and you want to yes, do the research, yeah, and know mm-hmm. what you're okay. up against because there are lots of restaurants in Georgia, you know. And lots mm-hmm. of ones at that. Hmm? And lots of good ones at that. Oh yeah, we like yeah, it. Yeah. Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. All I, right. I thank you for that. calling. So, Maxine, once business owners have got their business going, um, well, would, would you say that a knowledge of project management? 
is something that would help them move forward in their business. I noticed that one of the areas where you specialize in it is is Mm -hmm. management. How has that helped you? Oh, God has helped me tremendously. I mean, because, you know, most days we're working on several projects at one time, so having some type of project management system you know, helps to ensure that we don't drop the ball anywhere, that a client's work doesn't fall between the cracks. It helps me and my staff manage our time better. Um, And quite frankly, I mean, one of the things that a lot of new business owners don't take into consideration is the fact that they have to manage their work and manage their time. Because when people are buying services from you or programs from you, I mean, they don't want to hear excuses about why you're late or why they didn't get it, you know, and why it's not right and that type of thing. So I think, um, you know, when I first started, I went to a community college and I took a class on project management, which was very cheap, okay, because I had very little money. Okay. But um, it just... You know, it gives you a structure, you know, for managing your work, basically. And a lot of project management is done electronically now. You know, not like when I started and everything was kind of on paper with forms and all that craziness. Um, Yeah, there are a lot of tools out there to help you manage mm -hmm. your project. And I'm I'm a project manager by profession, so Mm -hmm. I know that it's helped me. And my friends say that I... If I have a party, that I'm managing a project, but everything's a project. Life, everything. I run my whole life that way. (laughs) We have a question from one of our bloggers, and their question was, uh, "What type of consulting do you do? If someone wanted to utilize your service, how would they get in contact with you?" Um, mainly uh, we do what's called organizational development consulting, and that can include, any, can include anything from designing training programs to delivering training programs to facilitating meetings, training trainers. Um, we do a lot of focus group work. Um, we do a lot of work in the human resources field, mostly on the organizational development side. I don't want anybody to think I I do the personnel kind of stuff. That's not what we do. Um, you know, so it's staff development and that type of thing. And if you want to get in contact me um, with me, feel free to call me at 404-875-1825. And, again, that's 404 404- Eight seven five one eight zero five. So, what's the range of cost for, uh, I'll say, a typical consultation? If we were going to do it for a small business versus a large business, you mean in terms of the work that I do? Yes. What what kind of cost is there associated with that? Well, here's the thing: I don't charge different costs based on the size of a business. I think that's a mistake. I mean, and I know that there are people that are going to vehemently disagree with me. No, I don't. My time is worth what my time is worth, regardless of if you're, you know, a huge corporation or if you're a mom-and-pop shop on the corner. And And everything I do, I charge, you know, the same daily rate for it. Because or the same hourly rate for it because it gets you know it, it confuses me otherwise and then I think well why was my worth my work worth more on this project and less less on that project and you're covering the same scope of work covering the same scope of work and plus I have to make sure with every project I'm making enough money to run my business right see not just to get the project done I have to pay overhead and all of that too um, and so you want a number for me? Well, if you have one, <laughs> you have someone interested in. Well, you know, I usually start my consulting fee at a thousand dollars a day. Okay. And it goes up from there. Okay. Yeah. But I I do that regardless of whether it's small, large, whatever, because it it doesn't make any sense to me otherwise. Mhm. 
That makes sense. You know, and that's one of the things that we talked about also in another part of the business series was what you're going to charge. You have to figure out what niche you're going to be in, if it's going to be uh, the high end of the market where you want to get a limited number of clients versus the lower end of the spectrum where you're looking to get a lot of people. So volume versus quality. So it's up to you. You can charge the same price for either depending on which market you want to be in. Right, and I would, you know, go with quality versus quantity. You know, at least in my at least for me, that's how it works, you know, and I, a lot of these things have worked for me, but people who are starting a business, you know, you you just need to get as much information as you can and figure out what's going to work for you and get you where you want to go. You know, that's the main thing. You are listening to the Sisters in Spirit show with our series on letting your business soar. Our guest tonight is Maxine Fuller of the McKinley Group. If you have a question for Maxine, please call in. Um, or you can get in on our chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash sis in spirit. Maxine, another question for you. Mm-hmm. If there was one quick fix that anyone could do to get their business running more smoothly, what would that be? Gosh, one quick fix, running smoothly. <laughs> I would say put the necessary systems in place. And by systems, what do you mean? I mean like necessary financial systems, you know. Um, <laughs> when I first started my business, I did all of my financial stuff by hand until one day my accountant came over and took my checkbook away. He said, okay, this is enough. Because I kept messing it up and he kept having to fix it. And so um, we got an accounting an, system in place, you know, and it's something you can buy anywhere almost, and it's called QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. And it's great for small businesses because within it you can set it up for, you know, the kind of industry you're in. And so we've been using it every since. And so every month I get budget reports so I know what we where we are, you know, where the money is coming from, where the money is going. And, you know, and I I tell new business owners all the time, you know, until you have like a budget and some kind of financial system in place, you're really just playing games with yourself because you don't even know when you break even, Mm. you know, if you don't have that kind of stuff in place. Um, Another thing that I did was made sure that I got the type of legal consultation that I needed um, early on, and yes, these things cost money, but you don't have to put a lawyer on retainer. Right. You know, you can use them by the hour for whenever you have questions or whatever. Um, and there's services like prepaid legal that can get you exactly off without exactly. a lot of expense. Um, the other thing, too, other than, you know, financial legal services is the technology. Making sure that you have the best technology that your money can buy to run your business with. Um, We're a very small company. We have servers. We have phones that connect each other, you know, so that we make it seamless for our clients. You know, it's not like they have to do a lot of work to get in touch with us. Um, Especially in this Internet era, people tend to not make an attempt to do a lot of work to get in touch with you. No. They want to Google you, and, it, you know, you have to market yourself so that you do pop up in that Google. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you, and you need to be able to get the word out with things like your blog and, you know, other things like that too. So I just find that sometimes people say, okay, I can provide this service, and then I'll get the equipment and all of this legal and financial stuff in place later, I would say no, do it early versus later because you're just going to be running the catch-up if you don't. Okay. If you are in the chat room and you'd like to call in with a question, please call 347-838-9886. 
We've got a question from someone in the chat room mm-hmm. regarding receiving payment. What is the uh, best way to receive payment? Is it taking a credit card versus using PayPal? Maybe if you are aware the advantages of PayPal versus using a credit card system. Yeah, and so, you know, my assistant handles all of that. You know, there are things in my business that I do and other things that I don't do. Um, But I know when you use a credit card, you have to pay a fee for using it. We've used PayPal for a couple of things, but then my assistant takes care of that. But even if you're going to invoice people, here's the thing. You have to make sure there's some kind of term limit regardless of how you're invoicing them. And if you're going to take credit cards, just make sure it's set up in a way that it's going to be easy for the client um, and not a lot of work for them to do. And find out up front, you know, what your fee is going to be and make sure that you're able to pay that for those credit card transactions. Okay. You know, the questions have been all over the place tonight. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go toward another aspect of uh, running your business as well. SoFast has a, an additional question regarding putting forth a proposal to prospective clients. Mm-hmm. What should a proposal look like? What does a good proposal look like? God, we write a lot of proposals um, for our company because we, we do a lot of work with you know, federal and state governments, and even with corporations, they want proposals. I, you know, I'm a believer in keeping things simple. Um, lots of companies will let what they call a request for proposals, and within that, it will tell you what needs to be in your proposal. Mm-hmm. If you are thinking about submitting a proposal to a company for some work, I would strongly suggest that you call that company and ask them what they expect to be in that proposal, what they want to see. Now, if it's an unsolicited type of proposal, um, there are proposal templates and stuff online, you know, that type of thing that you can go to. But I would say keep it simple because we kind of live in a, a USA Today kind of world, and I'm not bashing them, but, you know, you, how USA Today has short articles and things and blurbs and bullets. Right. People are really used to reading that way. Nowadays, now. yes. yes. So they're not going to read a tome of stuff to figure out if, your company is the one that they want to hire. Um, there was a, there's a, a couple of places online. Um, there's a place called startupbusiness.com where you can go and get templates for proposals and other type of tools that you'll need to start your business. And I would say just you know find a proposal format that works for you and use it unless the business requires something else. Okay. She said, great, thank you for that information. Okay. So how do you uh, infuse harmony into your everyday living? In what in way do you take that to work and deal with people? Well, my routine is, I like, I mean, I'm not an early person, but I get up early so that I can have some time to be with me. You know, um, most mornings I get up and I meditate, you know. Um, There have been times uh, when yoga was the thing that I did in the morning. I mean, because I really believe in the fact that I can deliver a better service the more centered I am within myself. That's true. So whether it's it's meditation, you know, some people uh, pray, other people read, you know, books and other things when they get up in the morning. But I would just say do something to get yourself centered with yourself and to check in with yourself before you go out and try to deal with people. Um I've also learned that physical exercise is a good thing. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. I have a treadmill in my office, okay, so that, you know, during the day if if things, you know, get to be 
a little much for me or whatever, it's amazing what 10 or 15 minutes walking or running really fast on that treadmill can do to, you know, get me back in a centered place. Right, because it takes you away from the worries of the world. It gets you back into your body, out of your head, so that the energy can flow, you know, right. and receive inspiration. <laughs> right. It really is about the flow, Darlene. It really, really is. Um, and trusting the flow, I think, and, and what I've learned over the years, too, is just to trust myself. You know, trust that once I've gathered all the information that I need, that the decision that I've made is the best decision for me, even though other people might say, oh, that's a crazy decision. But you really have to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's hard for other people to trust you if you don't trust yourself. And people can sense that because yes. even though you can't see someone's aura, when you meet them and you're communicating with them, you do feel something. And if they're exuding confidence, you're going to pick up that and you'll trust them. If they're exuding mm-hmm. fear, you know, those are the people who other people tend to make victims and attack and, you know, mm-hmm. negative things happen with them. And so that carries into your business world as well. Right. And even though, you know, I'm a consultant, what I've learned, too, is that, and there's always going to be conflict. You know, conflict and disagreement is a part of being human. What I've learned is to um, ask questions when there is a conflict of the party that I'm in conflict with before I start defending myself and before I start making them wrong. Um, what is the guy's name that writes, uh, was this Covey? Wasn't it Covey? Stephen Covey Covey. says, yeah, first seek to understand Mm -hmm. and then seek to be understood. And that has really been helpful for me. Okay, we have a caller who has a question. Okay. Caller 5386. Oh, okay. Okay, how y'all doing? I just wanted to comment. on harmony in everyday living, and I wanted to say I um I work in the public school system, middle school, grades six to eight, and I go in about twenty minutes early, and I walk every morning, and then I walk on my lunch break. And people think that sometimes they say, "How can you smile so much? Or how can you be so content?" And I really know that just the walking, it really, really keeps me. Um, I don't suffer from anything like blood pressure and diabetes and things like that. And I know with those few minutes of walking that I do every day, actually twice a day. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the point of keeping the energy flowing. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. great. I I think it's wonderful because you can't really help other folks if you don't feel good yourself. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And I would think in a middle school, you really do need to feel good most days. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many people that's taking time off for sicknesses like high blood pressure and things like that. And I tell them, you know, just 15 minutes in the morning, uh, 20, 25 minutes on my lunch break, I don't even eat my lunch. I just take my 30 minutes and I walk. A fast-paced man, if the weather's good, I go outside in the sun and I just feel so Good, so good every day. That's great. I'm glad you're doing that. That's great. Another tool that can be used is just projecting your day. When you wake up in the morning, see your day as you would like for it to occur and smile at your day. You know, don't approach it with worry and fear. Start the day off with a smile, and you're going to have a better day than you would have had. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've got caller one nine zero zero. You still have your hand up. If you have an additional question or comment, you're on the line. I do have another question. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is back to the business thing, not to leave harmony hanging. But with the, on the business side, when you're when you're new and people don't really know you, but you have a product that they want, and they live a million miles away. You don't want to send your product to them without having your money. They don't want to send their money to you without having their product. How do you kind of meet the medium line so that both parties are comfortable? Yeah, see, I, hmm, 
Um, what kind of product are you talking about? Is this like a tangible thing? Like, um... I personally make dolls. Mm-hmm. And I've been in situations where I've mailed dolls off to people and I'm still waiting for my money. And at the same time, I've heard them say, okay, what's going to assure me that I'm going to get that doll once I send you my money? Right. Well, you could use things like PayPal's or something like that, you know, set that up so you can get your money. But, um, you know, you you just have to be able to – because I don't sell products like that, and I don't want to – you know, give you information that's not going to work for you because we bill our clients differently. But right. I don't know, Darlene, do you have any suggestions? Well, I, you know, I always believe that what you get ultimately comes from what you think, and so you have to trust in, in giving the energy out of trust when you're mailing out a shipment and picturing that and envisioning your payment. All of those things help you get the payment. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. Or you could take oh, a partial a, payment. You know that if you're making a doll for someone, you could say, um, you know, for me to make this doll, you need to send half your payment. Right. Then when you okay. get the doll, you can send in the other half of your payment. Okay. That's, yeah, that's a good uh, idea. But most people in business, you know, it's typical to receive your product up front. I mean, your your payment up front. When I go to Amazon.com and I'm buying a book or something, they don't say, um, you know, give me half and when you get your book you can pay me the rest. You're right. Business, and it goes back to the point about respecting the value of your business. Right. Mm-hmm. And being professional about it, you know, um, okay. and and not being personal about it. So if someone says, well, you know, how do, how do they know if they're going to get the dollar or not after you – um, after they send you their money, you know, just calmly explain to them that you're a professional and you have your reputation to protect and you're going to send them their product. Okay. You know? Okay. Thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Thank you. You're listening to Sisters in Spirit Internet Radio. Our guest tonight is Maxine Fuller. If you've got a question for Maxine and you're on the line, please please press 1 on your telephone and will enter you into the discussion. So, Maxine, you want to tell us a little bit more about you and what you do that really motivates and inspires you? What is it that I do that motivates and inspires me? Oh, gosh. Outside of Um, Kinley, what is your side passion, if you have one? Oh, gosh, i got a bunch. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, and I think that's important, too, to have a balanced life, to not just work you know, all the time. Um, I recently started painting, um, and um, it was just something I felt like I wanted to to do, and so I went to the paint store, bought supplies, and I started painting. And it is very relaxing for me. It's very healing. And I only paint for me. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily painting because I want to sell something to somebody. I'm just doing it because it's relaxing for me. Um, I also like to cook, but I need people around to cook for. Um, but I volunteer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and being a Southerner, you know, I cook all those Southern things, and my family and friends love it. Um, you know, like sweet potato pie, potato salad, and all that mm. stuff that my great-grandmother used to make. So it's healing for me to to be in my kitchen making something that my great-grandmother made. And, you know, family says, oh, gosh, it tastes just like grandma's, you know. Um, So that's what I do. I also um, go to a spiritual class, you know, most Sundays, which you know, Darlene, because we're there together often. Um, And that's that's really good for me because it's, it's being with people who, who are, you know, like-minded and who are um, trying to live their lives in the flow uh, of things. And so, um, and I write, yes, I write a blog called Cooking Cookin' Naked, um, which is not about being naked and cooking at all, but it's really about 
me having my say. So, um, you know, because you can imagine, I basically write for a living, so I end up writing for work what clients want most of the time. And on this blog, I can say what I want to say and and get what's in my heart out. Um, and, and that's very good for me to do. So that's about it, other than shopping, <laughs> which I'm trying not to do a lot of anymore. Shopping has its value. Let's not underrate it. <laughs> yeah, especially shoe shopping, girl. Okay. Um, if there is anyone on the line who would like to share what they do as a business, um, please dial one, and we'd be happy to share with the listeners what it is that you do. Uh, I just wanted to mention the topic for our next show. It will be uh, cooking with our organic chef. So we're dealing with health and nutrition, and we've got the organic soul chef on the show next Thursday at 7 p.m., and she's going to share some raw cooking recipes with us so that we can heal our bodies, which helps us to heal our minds. Yeah, that sounds great. I think I might call in for that. Yeah, and we're going to invite Sister Nisa on to share on that show as well. 5386, you had a comment. Oh, hi. Hi, y'all again. This is Eva again. Um, what I wanted to, I'm sorry, what I needed to um, speak about, I'm sorry, I, I'm leaving a school board meeting and there's three people talking to me at one time and I'm trying to um, find out exactly what point were we on. Oh, the businesses, sharing our businesses. I'm sorry. I am um, a realtor, a local realtor. I uh, buy and sell real estate here in uh, Macon area, and I also am um, licensed for the state of Georgia, so I can actually sell anywhere. And I'm trying to get dual licenses in South Carolina, the adjacent states, which is South Carolina and Florida. I'm working on that. Now, um, I'm a full-time school teacher in this area, I'm middle school. I think I mentioned that earlier. So I'm busy, busy. And my, my, my goal is to uh, open up a restaurant. And, and my goal is within a year. I have narrowed it down to a year. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. It's good to have, you know, time frames for things when you're running a business. Um, the only thing that I would add is, you know, work towards your goal, and make space in your life for the goal to look different when it comes to you. Because I think sometimes we we miss opportunities in our businesses and in our lives because we have one picture of how something is supposed to happen, and then it shows up looking different and we're frustrated. And I found that, you know, there's opportunity in almost any situation. That's absolutely, and I will tell you, I do appreciate that, and I will tell you, I've been working at this for so long, and I've been so patient, and I'm not going to um, rush at anything. I'm going to let it, you know, I'm just going to keep my focus, take it day at a time, and when it, you know, and, and just accept the manifestation as it comes. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Good, good. Good luck with your restaurant. All right, thank you. And I think you've got a good point there. A lot of people have this set and rigid view of how they think success will come to them, and, you know, that might not necessarily be it. It can come in another form, and we have to be open to receiving that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just a quick story, darling. When I first started my business, I (laughs) I thought the business that I was going to be in was managing nonprofits because I at the time I lived in the DC area and there are lots of nonprofits there. I'm like, okay, so I'm gonna do this nonprofit management thing and it didn't work out. And um this good who ended this guy who ended up being a good friend of mine kept asking me to write this training program for him and I kept saying, No, that's not what I'm doing. That's not what my business is and because he was a friend, you know, the third time he asked me, I said, okay, I'm going to write this one for you, but that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. And long story short, that that's, I've been writing training programs for the last almost 22 years. Wow. And so yeah. that would definitely make you an expert in it. And we can tell by the diverse 
group of clients that you have, I mean, from the very large to smaller agencies, that Mm -hmm. your work is definitely appreciated out there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have Sophas in the chat room. She wants to let us know that she is a licensed massage therapist for the state of New York. She does Swedish, Asian, active isolated stretching, aromatherapy, sound therapy, and Reiki. And her niche is people who serve others as within one mile in every direction. I have EMS, the fire department, MTA, police teachers, and sanitation workers. And so fast, if you would give us your contact information, we can share that with our listeners tonight. So, Maxine, do you have any parting words that you'd like to share with our listeners tonight? Let's see. Um, I guess a couple of things. Just trust yourself. You know, that's a big deal. Trust yourself. Um, And the other thing that's really, really helpful for me is understanding that I don't always have to be right about everything. Being right and trusting myself are two different things. And when I say being right, it means that I don't know everything. And the older I get, the more I realize that I don't know everything, that I... (laughs) <laughs> the more I realize I know very little, actually, um, because I've worked with consultants who will go into clients and clients will say they want this. They give the client something else because as a consultant, they think they know what's right. So, um, you know, those are my two parting things. Okay. And um, just to get back to Sofas's contact information, she's got a fan page on Facebook. Surreal Serenity Massage Therapy, and you can reach her at 917-650-6857. That's 917-650-6857. Maxine, another point that you made that I thought was really valuable was your comment about time being valuable in a few ways. One, put in the time that it takes to get your business up and running properly, Mm-hmm. It takes more time than we think a lot of times, and it's very hard to do that if you've got a nine-to-five, but you can do it. You just have to remain focused and move through that. And the other thing is that your time as far as being compensated for it is valuable as well. So value what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. Yes, value whatever it is that you have to offer and um you know, and don't let other people give value to your product or service. You determine what, what the value is and, and go for that. Okay, and one of the resources that you gave us was startupbusiness.com. Mm-hmm. Is there any other place these people might go to get more marketing information or any other of the tips that you've brought up today, where can people go for more info? You might even have a favorite book in mind. Well, the SBA is a great place to go, the Small Business Administration. I mean, I know that they're the Fed, but their whole job is supporting small businesses. Um, if you're a minority business, I've worked with you know the minority business agencies before, too. They're helpful. Um, and they all have websites. They all have websites and stuff online, so that's it. Okay. So you've been listening to Sisters in Spirit. This is our monthly series on letting your business soar. If there's a specific topic that you'd like to hear about, please contact us on our blog at www.fluidmagazine.com forward slash blog. That's www.fluidmagazine.com forward slash blog. You can reach Sisters in Spirit by phone at 678-629-0069 as well. And Maxine, I don't know, you may have a favorite quote or um, something that you've heard from someone that you'd like to share with us regarding getting your business up and running. 
you shared several things. Maybe you have one more final thing that you want to leave the audience with. Mm, I don't think so. I, I think what you said is great. Just go with the flow. Go with the you know, flow. Go with the flow. Okay. Well, thank you all for joining the show tonight. We look forward to having you on board for our next show with the Organic Soul Chef. Remember to infuse harmony in your everyday living. Thank you.